0: Startups join Techstars with aspirations, goals, and a vision for what they want to achieve. Fast forward three months, and Demo Day is a chance for these companies to showcase their growth and future plans. But have you ever wondered what happens behind the scenes when faced with the task of condensing all that progress into a two-minute pitch? I'm Jag Singh. I'm a serial founder and entrepreneur turned investor, and I'm also the managing director of Techstars Berlin. Welcome to The Lead Up, where we'll speak with one company from the current Textiles Berlin cohort in each episode. We'll find out what really goes through these founders' minds at each stage of building a business in an accelerator, while preparing for the big reveal to investors and the community. I also have Omara Javid, an associate from our accelerator program, helping me here with the interview.
1: Hi, I'm Omara, friends call me Tinks, and I'm a former associate of Textiles London and currently a senior associate at Textiles Berlin.
0: Today, we're speaking with Anna Franziska, the founder of Yuna, which is an AI and machine learning startup that's helping some big fashion brands and apparel makers shorten their design processes.
2: I'm Anna Franziska, founder of the award winning software company Yuna AI is a unique SaaS product which helps the fashion company to optimize their processes and save time and costs and also enhancing creativity and encouraging sustainability.
1: Sounds exciting and we've heard you've got an awesome team behind you as well. So what are your sort of responsibilities as a CEO?
2: Actually that is one of my responsibilities which I see it's bringing a good team together to make It happened to have a look to good people who build a product like Amar or doing marketing and say it's Valeria or yes, all the team, which is behind me, actually. I'm working since 10 years in the fashion industry. I worked in companies. I worked in Zalando, for example, and I built my own fashion brand. When I was working with my own fashion brand, I found out that all the processes are still manual. We are stuck in the 80s. So I kept studying again fashion design, moved to a tea department of my university, and then Yuna came out.
1: So if we dial it back a couple of months before the program kicked off, you of course applied and then you got that all important phone call from Jag saying that mm-hmm. you were accepted to the Textiles Berlin program. What did that feel like and what were your um sort of expectations of the program?
2: Already you saying that it's Feels like very emotional and almost crying. Yes, I actually applied two times and I think I'm known for my persistence. My heart beats very loud. If I just thinking about it, it was amazing. What at the the end came out, like we've been faster. We like, I don't know, we speed up like 100% and we got all this mentoring around sales and marketing. I feel prepared now to go and do the fundraising round.
1: Amazing. And you just briefly touched on mentors. So I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that. How did you manage the mentor madness process, like getting that feedback and then implementing it quickly? And even if you got bad feedback, what did it feel like?
2: I love networking. It's the first thing. So I think I was enjoying mentor madness. And we know as a team exactly what we need. So I directly asked mentor questions like what they could do for us. Also, I think there was like emotional spirit in between the mentors and us.
0: For those of you listening, I have a propensity to want to invest in founders that have deep domain experience and, and really know the ins and outs of the markets that they're trying to tackle. And Anna Franziska definitely fits that mold. Franzi, maybe you could explain a little bit more about your motivations for starting UNA.
2: I think the fashion industry stuck in the 80s, like we would have this old Nokia phone. Do you remember that? That is the fashion industry nowadays and where, where we are, 21st century. And when I was working there and all my experience I have, there's no technology. We have to, we have to bring the technology in. And that is actually my motivation. My motivation is to digitize this whole industry to bring them to the point now to help them in the future to be sustainable because I also think the fashion industry was fighting uh, the whole time for ages now to close this gap between sustainability and economic goals and you can only close that with technology. My vision is to build a global digital leader for the fashion industry and my whole team is behind
0: this vision. How do you persist when so many people are in this industry saying no, it's almost like they're pre-programmed to give an answer no as, as a response to any question you ask. And so how do you keep that persistence? Not just as a founder, but also with your team, right? You have employees, you have mm-hmm. salespeople. How do you maintain that, that drive to move forward?
2: I have to say our sales and marketing manager, Valeria. She worked also 10 years or even more in the fashion industry in China. So we all know how this industry works and everybody everybody works there. We are also doing panel discussions since two years and inviting industry leaders to talk. And we know and everybody's saying they have to digitize. They don't know how long does it take and how long they, they have to digitize. And even if they say no... I see in their eyes. And
0: you have good advisors.
2: I have good advisors. The CFO of Marco Polo, the creative director of Puma. Today I was speaking to the CEO of Holy Fashion Group. They have to digitize. Even if they say now, no, we cannot, or maybe there's like a closed door for them, or they see it like a problem, we know have no chance. So
0: we keep going. There's two things in there that you talked about that I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper. Firstly, you've assembled this team, all of them, even your machine learning engineers seems to have experience in like with apparel and fashion. So I'd love to dig into that. But, but secondly, what I heard when you were talking about maintaining that persistence was actually because of your deep rooted knowledge of the industry that things take a little bit longer. And in that same vein, you, you've set your company up to make sure that you don't run out of money before that event horizon happens. Is that how I heard it?
2: Yes, we set the company up that we work with smaller designers already. So like Ester Perband, very famous designer of Berlin. So they couldn't work work very fast in two weeks. So we have that time to build with Puma or with other companies, pilot project and go with them when they are ready to go.
0: And... So let's go back to the other question around your team. How did you assemble this team of people who have experience, deep experience in in the apparel and fashion industry? Like I said, even your machine learning engineer Mm -hmm. has has spent a decade in, in the industry.
2: Yes. When I build a team, I see Formula One drivers, right? They're one person and they only succeed because they have this bunch of people in the back. And building a team is not that easy. You work with some people and then you see maybe they're not understanding the fashion industry that well. And then bit by bit, we came all together. Valeria, our marketing sales manager, I know for two years now. It was like bit by bit, we found this team who can build UNAI. AI. And I think this diversity in our team works very well and we are very flying together. But sometimes we have also moments when the machine learning engineer is saying, oh, we have to put in a platform we have to train models, and then we from the fashion industry are thinking about models r- walking down the runway and think <laughs> the designers will understand. Ah, oh, we have to train the
0: models. Where are my models? I need my model agency. I gotta love that. Let's skip forward a little bit. There's a long period of time, almost eight weeks, nine weeks, between the period when mentor madness ends. And mentor madness is in the first you know, couple of weeks of the program, and demo day, which happens at the very end. At the end of the program, you've got to deliver this refined pitch. What was the process, and and how did you reshape or reposition the company in the lead-up to that demo day as you were working on this pitch?
2: Oh, my God, it feels like one day, not nine weeks. Yes, we had mentors for every part of the company, so we could build up our sales strategy build up a sales team, be really sales driven. So when the mentors came back with us and we checked the product and also the network, the fashion network of our mentors came back to us and they said, yeah, the
0: product is ready. It's cool. I knew for sure now it's ready to go out. And and that validation, it's incredibly important, not just as an ego trip, but also because Any investor expects you to have de-risked the startup. You've taken a lot of steps. You've built a team. You've actually got an experienced team that you have worked with. And as a team, you function well together. You've also got a product live on the market. Tell us a little bit more about the advisory board that you built Mm -hmm. up. How did you think about who to add? What was the experience of going out and asking people to join your advisory board?
2: Yes, I think again about me, Formula One driver and about the team, and which skills we need to succeed. To reach this vision of being the global digital leader for the design industry. And then I reached out to mentors. I reached out to the fashion industry, right? To get allies in the fashion industry, like Martin from Puma, Martin Kronbügel, like Jürgen Hahn from Marco Polo. I reached out to people who built already a startup, who made an exit, who has experience in growth. I reached out to CTOs like Daniel Mamanske, the former CTO from Delivery Hero, that our tech team gets the best support. Meanwhile, last year, I felt I'm like an ambassador for the technology. And I came to Marco Polo and I met, met Jürgen and I showed him the product and I showed him the idea and the vision I have. And... I impressed him so much that he directly joined our advisory board. And same with Martin from Puma. We talked a lot, what does the industry need? And then when he saw the product, he directly joined and said, I go forward with you.
1: I actually want to learn more about your experiences as a female in tech and how that's been. Beyond that, you're also
2: a founder with two kids. So can you please share more about that? First of all, it was a challenge to be accepted as an enterprise startup leaded by a woman coming from the fashion industry, not fashion tech. Fashion tech are labels who are doing tech. We are not a label, we are enterprise. I'm coming from an industry which is women-dominated <laughs> and then I changed to the tech industry and I remember my first speech at the conference in Hannover and I was the only woman in between the startups and in the room. I, I got used to it. And I also feel like an ambassador and a role model. And it also keeps me up doing and keep working because we have to be women in the tech scene. So it's also motivation for me to keep going. And to the family part, I can say, mm, I had to learn my org- myself organizing very well. So I'm organizing the family kind of a company also. <laughs> so it's a lot of organization, but it's the only thing and it matters. And when you have to deliver... I'm really happy to have my network, my mom, my family supporting me because right now, before the demo day, I knew I wouldn't have time for them or I would be half there with my all my thoughts.
0: I totally respect that. And I strongly urge anyone listening who's also an entrepreneur to make sure that they have a support system around them and to make sure that they aren't doing this all alone. Let's talk about the business again. How do you see your go-to-market strategy and especially your pricing strategy, how has it changed since you first started working on this company?
2: So we have already paid pilot clients. For example, Puma, Ernsting's Family, Vaude. Wow and yeah, and the bigger companies are willing to pay in between 40,000, 60,000 euros if we digitize their projects and their designs
0: and collections totally. One of the challenges as you build the company post just working on the idea, and once you're getting into the market and into the hands of customers, you've also got to figure out pricing. And I remember having a lot of conversations with you around, you know, how to optimize contract values, especially for some of the larger contract values.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you be willing to share with our listeners how you've approached that or what approaches you've taken?
2: Our goal is to change the whole industry, that we're going to help this industry and that we will be the partner of the industry that we, they come to the 21st century. So we started programs with them. We started working with them and some of the companies said they are willing to pay 60 K if we really digitize the whole process, like an end to end process. And now we are building with them together. We can only build the product with them together. So we really, we are very close to them on their needs. We need the data from them. We get data sets. We build with them. We go back to them and uh, have calls with them to see, is it working? We evaluating the designs which are coming out because it it has to combine performance analysis and bestseller designs with their image data. And it has to be good. So we are working with them constantly together. And I think that's the only way we win to building with them together and they trust us and they implement our software in their system.
0: What are the challenges of delivering a demo day pitch even if it's recorded and not live but in a language that's not your native language?
2: I trained. Sometimes I would talk too fast, and I train. I'm very persistent to get it right and that we succeed, and that means training. And so I trained already two weeks before, and I did videos already before, and my husband is a video maker, so <laughs> that was very cool also to work with him.
0: Franzi, I think we're quite aligned on how important it is to see more female founders in this ecosystem. I often hear from female founders that they don't necessarily feel comfortable or that they feel that they're at a disadvantage pitching to male investors. You've raised money before you joined Techstars. How many of your investors are female? No one. And what was the secret of your success to getting all these men, including myself, to invest?
2: I think with preparation, have everything like what you should have to show all documents, pitch deck, passion, persistence, everything what you need to make company successful and to
0: connect personally. How do you connect personally? I, I know you and I have a, a pretty good relationship. I've met your dog. I, I have a familiarity with your family. I, I think we've both had our kids on our Zoom calls at various mm-hmm. points. But how do you build that familiarity? How do you initiate that? I update. I keep in contact regularly. I call.
2: I show that, all that when we do progress, when we have success, I always update. I also love to do that because I, we are proud as a team. So I always go forward and talk to everyone our investors, advisors. And and then we get also support because they know what we do. They might see challenges and then we go, even we have success.
0: Many founders I meet often forget to lend themselves credibility. The easiest way is to talk about past relevant experiences. How important was it for you to include that part in your pitch? For me, it was very important to talk
2: in the pitch about my experience. It was important to talk about companies in the fashion industry, because people who are not working in the fashion industry, they have no clue. And it was important to say, and to show that actually the whole team was working in the fashion industry. And we work with Puma
0: and Valde and Vogue magazine. You mentioned Vogue magazine there, and it just brought back a memory. I think that was probably one of my most memorable moments of this Accelerator program. You'd already written the script, and you were practicing delivering it. And it was a few days in where I finally realized you were talking about Vogue magazine, the Vogue magazine. I'd just previously assumed that it was some sort of knockoff fashion label.
1: It was quite a surprise for me. But yeah, that was quite amazing. And do you think that happens sometimes to founders where they don't realize that they're doing all these amazing things?
2: Yes, I think that happens a lot. And you're working fast and sometimes you can not have all the overview or the view from from the outside. And then you think and sometimes even questioning yourself all the time. Is it good enough what we are doing? And actually this moment was very cool because I said and I thought, yeah, Vogue magazine, you're right. We are doing good stuff. So...
1: Anna, what would you say is most important as a founder?
2: I think revenue and the customer list is very important. It's a company.
1: I have one final question for you. You're an entrepreneur. You're doing all these amazing things. Is there a myth about being a entrepreneur that you can debunk for us?
2: Yeah, I know, I know. I know. You and me doing that, but a lot of people on the outside they are seeing only the good things, and they are not seeing the hard work behind it i had a call today with a friend and she was saying oh it's very good it's very good i see your linkedin post it's all very good you're growing yes but there are also downsides you go up and down and then you need all this power to go up again i love actually this uh, quote from Anne Vintour and he's saying believe in your talent believe in your vision own your decisions and own who you are and i think that's very beautiful what a wonderful quote to
0: end this session Ana Francisca, thank you for coming in and sharing. And to our audience, thank you for listening. Don't forget, we have nine other amazing companies from Techstars Berlin sharing their experiences in this lead-up series, a part of the Techstars Podcast Network.